Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Welcome to episode 165 of the Rustical Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex. And you're with me today, I have... Uh, Meredith. Brid Monroe. Lydia Nicholas. And Helen Gould. And who are you playing? 
Zolf Smith. Hammer to let her in out of hand. Sell side bottom. A really confused Azu. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely popular Azu. Azu doesn't know how hot she is. She has no idea. She has <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Azu, you know what needs to happen? Zolf needs to take you aside, take that ponytail out, and just suddenly, magically, you're the most popular orc at school. Uh, Zolf's leaving his ponytail in. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, how things stand at the moment, we are still aboard ship, paying little to no attention to the changing landscape that moves beneath us as we all have far more pressing concerns. I mean, assumedly some of us look down at some point. <laughs> the world's still there. You're giving us it's like fine. four conversations per day maximum. That's a lot of time outside what is recorded per day. That's mm. when we're doing the boring bits of like, mm. oh yeah, we're still going the right way. <laughs> oh, I just go stand in a cupboard. <laughs> Zolf off. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to jump ahead a couple of days at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. As it stands, things have been getting colder and the cloud cover has been getting thicker and the weather has been getting worse. In the intervening time, you've had your first storm of sorts. Nothing catastrophic, but basically unpleasant weather where, you know, it didn't matter if people were off shift, they were on shift for this storm, that kind of thing. So it's been a little less smooth sailing and a bit more normal, like there's occasionally bad days. There wasn't any damage to the ship or anything like that. However, Earhart has requested Zolf that you get all crew on deck for another briefing. And you know for a fact that it is to do with the fact that you are entering the northern wastes. Cool. I, I do that. It's fine. So Earhart's there and she is looking all right, actually. Physically, she's looking more healthy than she was. Zolf, I will tell you now that if you're willing, she might have needed the occasional anti-withdrawal top-up. I'm, yeah, so as part of my general duties, it's making sure Earhart doesn't go off the deep end and gets the help that she obviously so desperately needs, or at least provides as much of that help as I'm able to. Uh, she seems to be doing well by the virtue of having some kind of project. Oh, what? I don't know what you mean by that. That's, that's ridiculous. And also, unfortunately, having very little in the way of negative stimulus to spiral upon. <laughs> so, with everyone lined up on deck, okay... Well, we're all still alive, so, you know, big plus. Good job on that storm recently. We got through it, and we could have been worse, so good job on that. So, we are entering the Northern Wastes. For the uninitiated, this carries with it a few risks, including, but not limited to, system failures, uh, wild magic... And weird creatures, I guess, is the best descriptor. We are going through lanes that have mostly been abandoned due to the number of deaths. And we are going to be then pressing beyond these lanes into a route that has never been forged. What this means for you and your safety. The ship might stop flying. If it does, hold on. Unless it's better to let go. Use your judgment. If you're about to hit the ground, jumping does not help. <clears throat> Other things to be aware of. If you notice any peculiarities to do with the vessel, you report them to Mr. Smith immediately. And these peculiarities can include, but not limited to, things stopping working, things becoming alive that didn't used to be alive, things entering some kind of space that is neither here nor there in such a way that you could potentially fall through the vessel. The list goes on. 
generally speaking, when in doubt, ask Mr. Smith and report to him any issues that you have. Additionally, I would like extra vigilance from the crew in terms of anything that we see approaching from now on. If it is approaching, it is to be treated as hostile. There is no legitimate reason for anyone to be here. Am I understood? Yes, Captain. If someone comes and they're waving a big white flag, we shoot at them. There is no reason that is legitimate for anyone to be out here. There is no one out here. Ha- Hamid winces but doesn't say anything. Like, Cell looks absolutely baffled, but... Hands up, people who have been to the Northern Wastes. Sigif puts his hand up, as does Friedrich. Hands up, people who made it back with all of their crew. They both sort of awkwardly put their hands back down. I think I made my point. Realistically, there's no way of knowing what's coming. Look out for each other, and let's try to keep all of the problems on the outside trying to get in, not on the inside trying to get out. Does everyone follow me? Yes, Captain. Excellent. If anyone needs me, talk to Mr. Smith. She turns around, heads into her cabin. Hamid, what's wild magic? Well, a, a lot of uh, places in the, 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 the sort of northern reaches of Asia are, um, they, they have spontaneous, random magical outbursts. Um, there's a few spells that mimic a, a couple of the properties where the, the sort of the outcome of the spell is, is, is semi, well, well, partially, I suppose, uh, uh, unknown when you cast it. And, but, but, but well, basically, Friedrich raises one massive arm <coughs> as if with a question. Y- yes? Friedrich then raises the other massive arm and points <laughs> at the first arm. Oh. And then puts both massive arms down again. Sort of means that sort of random spells or other magical effects happen without a caster. I think it, it, That's my understanding of wild magic. I mean, I've only studied it from the very theoretical perspective a long time ago, and I... You know, I've never experienced it. I didn't study it at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's not part of the curriculum at the Temple of Aphrodite. Sigif pipes up. Right, so, like, the uh, the world goes completely wrong and sometimes it sticks. Ah. I, so, uh, the baffled look kind of... I, I just... I just want to check, because, I mean, that sounds a lot like the internal area of, of, of the Northern American continent, uh, which I spent quite quite a bit of time passing through and back through and, and then down and, and then for a while up again, but mostly down and then through this, the southern continent there. And, and there, was, there was wild magic and, and large creatures there, but there were very definitely people who lived there and had a legitimate reason to live there. Can you give me a knowledge nature cell? Because I think you have knowledge nature, don't you? Yes. <laughs> that is a 14, which is as low as cell can possibly roll, because that's a 2. <laughs> You know that there are, in the northern reaches of the Americas, mm-hmm. nomadic mm. elven peoples. Not all elves are nomadic, but there are mm. some nomadic elven people in the very far northern American reaches. And you know that the reason that they are nomadic is that they basically move based on where the aurora borealis is. Mm. Because if they see the borealis, it's normally an indicator of major wild magic. So mm. they stay away from the borealis, and that's why they're nomadic. Mm. They're very good at basically picking up sticks and getting away very quickly. Yeah. So th- that is Cell's basic question, is that like people do live in regions like this that they're aware of. Do they actually? You know. You, yeah. you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, do yeah, they not absolutely. live in Russia? So they are confused now. 
I mean, are, are, are we actually sure? Because I mean, where where where, where I've been, uh, that there, there were definitely people that lived there. You know, they they were aware of and they worked with and they knew the wild magic. Uh, often often worked with it by moving away when it got too much. But you know, like I I just I don't want us necessarily to shoot someone in their house. I think what Earhart means is somebody approaching from the air. Oh, okay. Not on the ground. It's not if we see anyone on the ground, we're going to shoot at them. It's more if anyone is approaching us, as okay. she said, we're going to defend ourselves instead of assuming they are friendly. Because anyone oh, approaching yeah. the ship... Because oh. don't, we, don't, we don't want to go low, sir. No, no, I've, I've, I've played that game before. <laughs> we want to stay high. That's that's the well, that's the good place to be. You don't, yeah. want, don't want to be low. Th- no, no. Thank you very much for oh, the clarification. If you, go, if you go low, things go really... Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> points to a massive arm again and you know it's just honestly you just want to stay high sir and that's what's why we're what's what we're doing so your heart knows what she's doing so we will oh yeah yeah of course sir of course sir but um yeah oh yes sir yes right yes grand sigif just leaves and goes to his work <laughs> does anyone have anything that they actively want to pursue no nope not right now i mean i guess i've just got a couple of quick questions about ongoing things so basically Hamid after the previous chat would like to have developed a habit where I guess if there's not an active storm he drops in on wild for 10 minutes every afternoon just to have a chat just to sort of make sure that wild isn't isolating himself too badly and I think probably what they chat about during those chats is they gossip about everyone else on the ship (laughs) because I think the two of them would really enjoy doing that together that works that works Wild has the following theories. The best thing that could happen to Friedrich and Sigif is if they paired up. <coughs> Kiko is a wild card, and it, and Wild is of the strong opinion that Kiko's probably going to try it on with more than one person <laughs> while she's on board. Oh. That's, his prof- that's his considered opinion. I'll say I've noticed Sigif making eyes at Azu, because I probably would have picked up on that, but I may not know about the actual incident. From, uh... And Wild is of the very considered opinion that he doesn't know who's going to take the bullet for the team, but it might help everyone if Earhart got some action while she was up here. <laughs> Ham- Hamid actively grimaces. <laughs> he, uh, anytime that comes, if he starts talking about like the nature of altruism and in, in times of great hardship, sometimes the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And then he looks to Hamid... Or the one. <laughs> oh, I'm getting real Brooklyn Nine Nine um, halt and want energy <laughs> from uh, these two. <laughs> so yeah, that's fu- that's fine as a thing to continue like that. Yeah. He won't shut that down. Uh, the other thing Hamid is still keen to do, which I mentioned, I, I can't remember in exactly what episode, but he wants to encourage the Kobolds to explore their individual preferences and feel less like they have to do, you know, what they're kind of ordered to do all the time and find ways yeah, yeah. for the, to embrace their their own desires a bit more and I know that's going to be a very slow background ongoing thing because you know how you've introduced them so far means they're quite rigidly enforced into the the role that they've set for themselves for now but Hamid wants to encourage that that them to is still hoping to encourage them to come out of their shells and to to find their own individual Places. So, can I first have a sense motive? Because there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yes. 21. You know that in order to continue these conversations, Wilde is having to actively make an effort. It's not easy, and he's clearly having to put effort in in order to make the conversations work, but he doesn't seem to be trying to keep you away. Can everyone... No, you know what? I'm just going to tell people rather than a perception check. What? It's come to people's attention that the Cobbles have a weird habit of when their shifts are done, they have a tendency to just disappear. 
as in like technically there is a space for them to use as their quarters but it's weird where like if a kobold is not on duty they tend to just somehow not be on the ship almost like they're just sort of gone it's never caused a problem none of them have ever been late for a shift everyone's always done their work but it's it's just a weird thing where it's like oh i need to talk to yeah they're, they're not going to be back till the next shift where are they i have no idea i was quite hoping that cell would continue chats with scrock in the same way that during while we were in the inn they were asking a lot of questions about kobold culture as somebody that's trying to look after and, and foster the growth of the other kobolds and their engineering goodness i can imagine that becoming conversations about that's fine can you i'm going to give you a free three ranks you now have three ranks you are now trained in kobold studies yeah, but this is also about them becoming closer friends with scrock yep i understand okay profession kobold whisperer should i is that where it goes <laughs> or does it train kobold koboldologist okay specialism koboldology kobold culture yeah cool so Hamid is going to be very keen not to intrude on their privacy because he knows that in some ways he's not well positioned to actually, you know, have these conversations with them because of, you know, the relationship they've all been forced into. So he's he's having to proceed very softly and very cautiously. Mm. You know, he, he's worried that if he expresses any ex- negative reactions, it will sort of move things backwards and he wants to give them their space too, but he, he's keen to to begin to break down the, the sort of the weird barrier. So, Cell, mm-hmm. you know, you just know this because Scrock's been comparatively open about kobold culture. Mm-hmm. Kobolds have a real issue with people knowing where they sleep. Oh, yeah. They actively don't like it. Mm-hmm. And for a kobold to sleep somewhere where they can be easily found, it's almost like a social faux pas. Yeah. Oh, I wish that they could meet Sasha. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a... <laughs> It's like it's like heading it's like heading out without any clothes on, you know. It, yeah. It's it's just like oh. Mm. So you strongly suspect that they are finding nooks and crannies in the ship, yep, and setting up shop individually. The, the level of intelligence and knowledge of ship mechanics that Cell has, they would probably be able to work out where the warm spots are. That's exactly what's happening. Identify, happening. work out like where those would be and from seeing what direction kobolds go in like probably actually plan out where they all are and then they would pointedly not go to those places sure that's fine the other thing that the kobolds are doing is kobolds have a game Mm. which only you are now going to be party to Mm -hmm. it's called hide the fang (laughs) yes Okay, cool. Is it continually hidden in different places around the ship? Hide the fang is very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the fang must hide the fang. Mm. Everyone else must then find the fang. Love it. You win that round if you find the fang. Mm-hmm. But there is also a sort of like honorary mm-hmm. points, let's call it, for the more audacious a place you've. I was hid immediately the fang. thinking, like, if it's in the most obvious place possible. Oh, uh, yeah, Cell absolutely loves it. When it's their turn, they. Oh, it's not your turn yet. We'll get oh, to that. Oh, okay, don't you okay, worry. okay. I'm very, very cool. But yeah, I, I, two things, because over the course of time, we have multiple things we're able to do. They, I would love them to get to a point where they and Scrock are actually friends. Like, I can imagine you work together for many hours, you're interested in how power relationships work, and they're like, oh, this is messy. And also they are going to very much push Azu on Kiko. Like, oh, you uh, know. Things, things to be oh, aware of, yeah, though. Yeah. Allegiances are quickly forged and easily broken yeah. in Hide the Fang. Oh, right, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. 
it's, it's, a, it's, game. A game, it's, it's a game of dragons and kobolds, of wits and wariness, mm. of care and curiosity. Hide the fang. Yeah, yeah. All right, Austin. I want to play hide the fang. <laughs> You're not invited to hide the fang. That's fine. The fang is only out of play once it is retrieved. It's not enough to notice it. Oh, yeah. uh, at some point, somebody has to hide the fang on Azu. There are a couple of rules now for hide the fang aboard ship. One of them is you're no longer allowed to hide the fang off the ship because someone lost the fang that way. And the other one, eating the fang, does not count as hiding the fang. (laughs) These are two rules that have now been established. Yeah. What I am going to say then is... Azu. Yes. (laughs) I mean, yes. When you head up to the crow's nest for your shift... Mm Mm-hmm. There is a small paper package waiting for you there. As he says to herself, I hope this isn't tobacco. And <laughs> Give me a perception check. To open a bag? No, to see if anyone's watching you. Oh. Well, that's 18. It's ticking. As he goes and gets Zolf. <laughs> what? Amelia said to tell you if there was anything strange and there is something in the crow's nest that is ticking oh. and I feel like that's probably a, a bad right. thing. Can you... Ticking thing? No, you probably want to get sell. Like, I would say throw it off the side. That's probably the safest thing to do because it can't blow up if it's... Well, it can't blow us up if it's not here, but we don't know what it is. So maybe sell it. Sounds mechanical. They probably know yeah. better than I do. Okay. I'll come with you, I'll, but yeah. Okay, let's go and get Sel, yes. Right. As is really scared of this wild magic thing. <laughs> she doesn't wild like it. Wild magic's scary. All. Yeah, that's it. And it apparently comes in small paper boxes that tick. Sel? Sel, glasses, her, her, like, I assume, like, literally kind of waist deep in the engine at this point. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, no. emerges, goggles on. On heads. I'm going to say it's on, and you're yep. occasionally ducking your head for the piston that you're just stood between. Yep. With perfect rhythm. Yep. The <laughs> tips of their hair are singed. It's just oh, how it is. Um, yeah. How you, how can I help? Can you spare five five minutes? You look like you're very you're very involved in something. Oh there. no! It's um, just it, it's it's like it's just radioactive decay and. Uh, is the engine going to explode like right now? Oh, not right now. We've got I a mean... package that might, so this is more important. Oh, exciting. It's ticking. Are you sure it's not a clock? No, but it could be something worse than a clock. Oh, I don't know. There are, there are very few things scarier than the passage of time, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, absolutely. Uh, like, so... But maybe you can tell by the sound of the ticking? Sure. Hand it or over. Or open it in a way that's not going to make it explode. No, I mean, you've left it in the crow's nest, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, good. It's up in the crow's nest. You could do it there because, you know, if it goes wrong, it's safer up there. Oh, sure. We were thinking we would drop it off the side, but also you might, you could maybe help. Absolutely. I will head up there now. But la 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 la. Yeah. Cell <laughs> will build or modify. And you know those, like, extendable pincer hands? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the sort of thing that I imagine they already either already have or have made so many times in the past. It's literally, in fact, their kit of tools has pre-drilled holes to the point that they can be rebuilt into these sorts of systems within minutes. So <laughs> if, if you'll allow that, they will be opening the package with long... I'm going to say that the thing with an engineering room is that you normally have a board which has all of the tools on them. Yep. For reasons beyond anyone else's care, most of the tools have been replaced by extendable uh, pincer hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they Makes have, sense to you. They have other tools. Extendable hammers, yep. extendable screwdrivers. Exactly. Everything's extendable. I mean, Cell works a lot with essentially continual explosions. It's, <laughs> you know... It's extendable is a good quality to have in your Exactly. Tools. It's just the way it is. You find yourself atop the crow's nest yep. with an extendable tool. And uh, so the, with the, the package on the other end of the crow's nest, which I am aware will be very small, but still kind of leaning off... The, uh, just open the package. Okay. okay As cool. he yells up, what is it? Oh, and actually, I'm hovering just below cell with a hand extended because if something explodes, I'm bloody uh, channeling positive energy. Cell is okay. pretty convinced that this is going to be a present from one of the many admirers of Azu, so they are not taking it quite as seriously. Can you give me a disabled device yep. check, please? Yep. That is 32. 32, okay. Wait, no, 34. Sorry, <laughs> You find a primitive trap is built into the box where the paper is okay, but if you are to open the box, mm-hmm. you recognise that there is a, a trigger of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's easily dealt with and mm-hmm. leads to a small explosive charge. Yep, with glitter. You believe that it's most likely filled with some kind of confetti. Mm-hmm. And within the box proper, there appears to be a large clock. Mm-hmm. of the alarm clock variety. Mm-hmm. They're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. They're very, very difficult to procure. Watches aren't really that much of a thing, so it's, it's quite hefty, mm. and it's in quite bad condition. Mm. It is not keeping time well, mm. but it has a very happy picture of a daffodil on the clock face. Right, so... Uh, there is a note underneath the clock. Sorry. Yeah, so we'll not read the note. Remember, of course, it is about half a metre, well, it's about a metre away at the end of, like, extendable tools, uh, but Cell will take the, the note very carefully and sort of dangle it over the edge and be like, Azu! Azu, I think it's for you! Wait, so it's not going to Has... explode? I mean... Did someone give me a bomb? No! Someone... <laughs> I mean, uh... I, like, no, Azu! It's filled with confetti and and presents oh. and joy! Oh, right, okay. Oh, that's nice. I, I'm going to go then. You're not a fan of joy, Mr. Smith? No, it's just I've got to get on with my job and this isn't going to endanger the ship. So great job done. Brilliant. This problem is solved. Uh, enjoy uh, your thing. Okay. Oh. Sure. I haven't read it, Azu. Like, dangles it over the edge. Azu's going to come up then. It's a big clock. Like, it, Oh, no, it, no. It, they're, they're only dangling the note. The clock is on the, oh, sure. the, clock's on the floor sure, of sure. the crow's nest, but they're just waggling the note. And as, it, as Azu climbs up, it will be like dangled just shortly above their head and like... As they reach out, like, just out of reach. Um, hey, that's mine. <laughs> Do you know, I think that Zolf could have done with some of that confetti. Yeah. Do you read the note? Okay. I take the note, I read it. What does it say? I cast explosive runes this morning. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't, but God, I would love to. Oh, oh. What, a, what, a, what a good, what is it, 15-year-old joke now? <laughs> 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 yeah, but could you imagine the double Bloody fake out on that? Giant oh. in the 
sodding playground. <laughs> no, it says the following. Sorry, full stop, here's a clock. Oh, I think it's from Sigif. Oh. Um, well, it says, sorry, here's a clock. And there's no one else who would be sorry for anything with me. Unless, you know, it was... Unless they've done something that you're not aware of yet and they've messed up the timing of this real bad. Oh, no. (laughs) Maybe Carter's trying to repair the bridges from so long ago. Oh, yeah, Carter and Barnes are here. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) You guys are terrible. (laughs) There's There's a lot of people people here. There are so many Alexes to keep track of. I haven't forgotten about them. You can't keep track of them all, Ben. One of them's going to go wrong eventually. Also, Bryn, you took the leadership feat. You signed up to remembering NPCs' names. (laughs) And on our clock-based news, I'm going to take a break and then we can go back in a couple of minutes. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome back. So clock, have fun. I give you nice things. Uh-huh. Look at the nice things I give you is clock. <laughs> I mean, as you how many how many entanglements have you got going on right now? None, I think. Oh hun, get going. That Kiko is definitely up for it. Have I mentioned that? Well, I um it's a bit it's a bit complicated. Right. Uh you know I was going to be married once. Oh, Oh, honey, what? Mm. Do you want to talk about what happened? Oh, it was, it was, it was fine. Just he, he couldn't come with me to oh. to follow Aphrodite, so I had to leave. Huh? So. Oh my. That's rough, buddy. God. It's okay. We're friends. Huh? He makes pots. Oh wow! What kind of pots? Any kind of pots for decoration. Pots for flowers, pots for putting cool rocks in. Oh, he sounds great. <laughs> yes, he was good. He was he was nice. Canon orcs have a thing. Rock arranging, very popular. <laughs> Rocker pots. <laughs> half rockery, half pottery. Nothing rockery. sets off a room better than a good pot of rock. <laughs> is that like is that orcish potpourri, basically? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Scented rocks. Yeah, there's like sulfur and other rocks that smell. 
you could use like have a rock garden and then sort of have like a layer of water which then because then you get like that really nice kind of earthy kind of riverbed spell and then you could you know keep replacing it that would be nice oh nice see orc based (laughs) rock arranging definitely (laughs) a thing so like was was it a difficult decision to leave him behind yes and no um Mm. I don't know if you believe in if you have faith in anything you know that's you know uh, up there Mm. but you know once you feel a a calling to it you can't really oh I I couldn't say no yeah Um, I know some people can but I couldn't and I did I did try to move on yeah yes but that didn't go well it was a very it was a short lived she, she um uh she she wasn't very serious and I was serious I'm serious oh hon I'm sorry so um I've avoided it but now I think maybe I don't know how long you know I might I might get get poofed by wild magic at any moment so maybe I should just maybe you should just go for it Maybe, I but, mean, but, not, but not with the old man. No, well, yeah, no. I mean, look, I, I've been married a few times, and Ooh. there's also been people that I've lost. Where? Oh, so the first one, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, you know, some, some of those losses you live with, and you grieve, and some of them are just happy lessons, and like. It's up to you to decide what kind of relationships you are open to, right? Hmm. Only ones that end in marriage? Or maybe ones that take different forms, that are, you know, complicated, that are, uh, you know, that go on at different rates, that involve other people, that all sorts of things. Like that, or, or ones that are based on a fear of explosion, in, in an imminent explosion, you know? That is actually the core of quite a few of my relationships. But... <laughs> You know, I, I, I'll stop pushing if it's something that's that's uncomfortable for you, but I just, you know. Um, she is cute. She is. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. I'm not, it's not, un- it's not uncomfortable. I wasn't expecting it. That's all. Maybe I should give her the clock. Give me a perception check, Cell. <laughs> Oh, that's relatively low for Cell. 20. You hit the DC, you're fine. Whoop. There is a fang behind Azu's left ear, and it's been there the whole time. Oh, you Cell. notice it at this point in the conversation. Yeah, it's just, like, Cell's eyes just keep flicking to it, but they're really trying to focus because this is an important conversation <laughs> with, some, with someone that they care about and that they want Good. the best for. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's maybe, like, yeah, that's... It's relationships there, are complicated. Behind, as he turns around. <laughs> uh, no, Rutzel quickly reaches out. I assume this is like a sleight of hand check. They're trying to exactly get... Exactly what it is. Yeah. This is a sleight of hand game. Yeah, they do not have high sleight of hand. You know what's tragic? I don't think that I ever used Sasha's sleight of hand. You didn't, and it was through the roof. You did when you were playing cards with Grizzop, yeah, like, I think. Yeah, like... Oh, yeah, you kept cheating at Grizzop, that was I, it. I think once. Is this going to turn out like that famous post? Like, oh, critical fail. Instead of punching the orc, you reach out and gently caress it. <laughs> yes, um, it could have, except that I just rolled 17 plus dex, so 
21. Uh, you you fail to accidentally caress Azu, and instead <laughs> you manage to remove the fang and have the option for a legitimate caress, should you wish. Oh no, this is th- what's what's tragic is that that is actually the pivot on which the story could have turned. <laughs> <laughs> there are moments. There are moments where there was near death. There were moments where there were conversations that didn't go where they could have. That there were moments of just missing the DC when you find a leg in a pool of water and you wonder if maybe the solution was there the whole time. Like, all of that stuff. But this... So an entire timeline of fan-based content has just been born, is what you're saying. I think, yes. I think we all knew a game that was called Hide the Fang might lead to romantic misunderstandings. <laughs> Thank you, Bryn. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there will be more opportunities in future, but like, mm. that is, that's not what Cell's going for. Cell wants the Fang and Cell wants Azu to be happy. You have got the fang. Mm. Your conversation may continue. Azu? Are you happy yet? You know what? <laughs> I've fixed it. <laughs> Give me a perception check. Um, that's 23. There is actually something on the horizon. Ooh! Ooh. Is it just Ooh. romance? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> is it the prospect of a happy ending? <laughs> it's no. a ship. No, not that sort of ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's Superman! You hear on the wind the pitter-patter of tiny orc feet now. There is a very unusual rock formation right at the edge of the horizon. Oh. Uh, do you see do you see that? Does Cell see that? Do they need to roll? Yeah, I'd say with it be pointed out, that's a weird mountain. What, how is it weird, Alex? Is it shaped like the words do not go here? <laughs> or, I... If you squint, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is this the sort of thing we should consult Mr. Smith about? Yes, but I will <laughs> I will talk to Kiko later, I think. Good. But more important things now, if we survive, let's I mean, go. I let's don't go. Know. Like if you put romance off until you're as certain of survival as you you're you're, you're never going to get it. But yes, Cell also goes down the rigging. <laughs> okay, go find Zolf. I am currently in the kitchen cooking dinner. Yay! As you I think is going to pick up Hamid on the way. If you've been in the kitchen, there's a detail for you. Ooh. Oh, sure. Dral yeah. has been continuously underfoot and unhelpful. Not in a I'm trying to help, but mostly in a smelling and tasting things. Hmm. Right. So out of character, <laughs> they're looking for the fang in character. What on earth are they doing? I don't know if they exist. <laughs> just to get an Maybe. idea of their behaviour. Yeah, yeah, just to get an idea of like their actual behaviour. sort of. I mean, give me a sense motive, actually. Oh, uh, sure. That is a 22. They may be there for something else other than the food, but they certainly seem to be tasting everything. I will... Very handsy. As I'm cooking, keep shouting, What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) And they keep giving you a double thumbs up, going, Nice! And then carrying to hands all the food. Right, next time they bump into me, What do you want? (laughs) At which point, Azu and Sel enter. And apparently Hammond. Yes, Wait. I'm, I'm just, I'm just caught Hamid. I'm just like Hamid. Maybe there's danger. Oh, with all three of them there. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> there's a weird mountain. Right. Okay. I we will... should go look at it. Yeah. Sure. Or not. No. But you well, should know. Uh, yes. Thank you. Right. Is in uh, fact uh, looking at it something that could do harm? Should we not look at it? Well, well I don't know. It's this is northern waste. Anything goes. I'll, I'll go get Earhart. Um, thanks. And I'll go get Earhart. Given I've sure. been working on navigation, we said that was my shipboard speciality. Oh, yeah. Does that match up with any of the maps I've been using, any of the charts? Is Am I aware of a mountain nearby? 
The problem with charts is that the further north you go, the more blank they become. There should be mountains here. This is the subtotal of your navigational knowledge. Oh, I forgot that we would have to tell Air. I just, sorry. We keep doing things, doing danger together, and I just, I... No, that's fine. You run it up the pole. That's great. I, I, I'll go tell Earhart. That's that's my job. So th- thank you. Uh, okay. And I'll, I'll I'll kind of run off to tell Earhart. Barnes calls from where he's steering the ship, as he often does, forgotten as he is. <laughs> Everything all right? There's a strange rock mountain. Great. Thing. All right. Uh, Hamid might scamper up into the crow's nest. Mm. Okay. And have a look. Give me a new perception check. 30. You see that there are some very subtle shifting colours along the horizon. You can see the the, the rocky outcropping or some kind of shape that they were referring to. It doesn't look to be solid insofar as... I don't mean it's transparent, but it's more like... Don't expect it to be just one big lump. It's very kind of spiky but the distance is far too far for you to really see. It doesn't look like there's a big blob there, let's put it that way, and it doesn't look like a mountain proper, but mountain's the right word because it's not really enough detail, but it's big enough to be one. Earhart pokes her head out of her cabin. What? What the, um, sort of, as I was going to Earhart's cabin, looking to the horizon, was it dead ahead? What was it like? Was it offset to the side or...? Slightly offset. You might be able to skirt it. Okay. Captain, we've got sight on what appears to be a mountain range just off starboard. Um, it's still quite a ways away, but you should probably have a look see if it affects our heading. I mean, sure, okay. Um, do we do we need to avoid it? Like, how close can we get to it? Right. I, I mean, we I, knew there was gonna, there was we knew there was going to be a mountain range of some kind. I mean, as long as we increase elevation, we should be fine. Right. So, okay. So we just go up. Okay. I feel like I'm missing something here. You wouldn't come to me if you saw a. It's the northern wastes. I don't know. We've not been here. I'm deferring to somebody with more experience. You know what, sure. Um, give me a second. She starts climbing up to the crow's nest and finds Hamid there. Hello? Definitely something a bit odd about it, I think, Captain. She pulls out a looking glass. Cool. Extends it and has a look ahead. Useful. She squints. Mm. Pulls out a second looking glass, extends it, and then combines them into extendable binoculars. <laughs> it's a good thing Cell isn't in that crow's nest. Yeah, because... that would have really heated up. <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't work, right? Yeah. No. It does you don't know about land. magic looking glasses. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Barnes, I uh, want you to increase elevation. A mm, couple of hundred feet. Everyone, it's going to be getting a lot colder. Please just bear with that. I want everyone on shift, please. Should we skirt skirt a couple of degrees to port, do you think, Captain? Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Earhart starts climbing down and starts actually captaining. You start skirting slightly to port. There is cloud cover, but you're increasing elevation to sort of just below cloud cover. Going above cloud cover, you all know, you've been told, has issues because it's easy to get lost and it is easy to lose track of your elevation. And it's a lot colder. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It increases a lot of problems. So she's gone as high as she can whilst being below what is overcast cloud cover. Also, with the order of like everyone on shift, I'll start running around the ship rousing everybody who might be um, sleeping with the kobolds because I have no idea where they are. I will be in as middle of the ship as I can and yell at them to be about. The way to summon a kobold is to yell loudly and clearly, Oi! Okay, then then that is how I do. <laughs> Cobolds begin to manifest. I mean, there's probably like a, you know, an alert 
bell on the ship, right, that you ring, yeah. which lets everyone oh, know they should rush to stations. Like, yes. I mean, I, I haven't sailed on a you know 18th century sailing ship, but I have read novels. <laughs> you set on what? Them. Ah, see, I've done neither of those things. So yes, I will ring the oh no bell uh, yeah. and uh, get everyone here. <laughs> The Ono bell is rung and everyone takes their positions and you continue. It becomes uh, like you can all soon start to see there are shapes and colours on the horizon, the extreme horizon, still further beyond this shape that you're approaching. Cell, you, you recognise a Borealis when you see one. Mm. And you all start drawing nearer and then finally your eyes start to make sense of what you're seeing and it takes shape. It is an enormous like huge impossibly huge skeleton hey what used to be what you thought was a mountain is actually an exposed rib cage some of the ribs have collapsed in on themselves and it is it's it's, it's basically at this point very difficult to tell what it is by far the largest kind of creature it you will have ever seen in terms of it give me anyone have either knowledge medicine or knowledge nature Oh, I got tons of knowledge nature. There's no such thing as knowledge medicine. Do you mean yeah. just heal? <laughs> oh, heal, sorry. Sorry, I'm in the wrong system. I have heal and so dissolve. I got 31 knowledge nature. 18 on heal for me. 32 on heal for me. Cell, the skeleton is ursine in nature. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big old bear. A big bear. And in terms of the checks for heal, I'm afraid that <laughs> Zolf... The bear is dead. <laughs> It's no. <laughs> it's very, very dead. Hey, but is it? It's, it's a dead. grisly sight. As it stands, you think that it has died a while ago. Not mm-hmm. ancient, but a while no, ago. Roughly, um, probably a year ago. One would guess. Azu, yeah, Ben's kind of beat me to my own punch a little bit here. Is yeah, it looks like it is the corpse of something massive that probably died a year, year and a half ago, something like that. And the elements have stripped it very quickly but it's a big exposed lump in what is a comparatively flat plain near some mountains that makes a lot of sense it's like it has been picked clean almost and there's only the bones left which are beginning to crumble under their own weight Azu keeps that to herself for now because everyone is everywhere and she doesn't know who to tell so she just watches Hamid is just muttering swear words to himself under his breath constantly because he just can't cope with this. The kobolds are less scared than crowding the rail to get a good look and then eventually holding the tail of one of them so that they can lean out further to get an even better look and then holding the tail of the one holding the tail to get an even better look. If Azu sees this happening, she's going to go and like be like, no! They've all got harnesses, it's fine. But still... Dangerous. I mean, they're not wearing any of them. They get in the way, but they have them. <laughs> Zolf continues to be all business because he spent a year and a half hunting giant squid. So, yeah. oh, the giant animal. Okay. Cell is absolutely <laughs> not impressed. I mean, like, they're enthusiastic because they're enthusiastic about everything. But, like, Cell will have literally seen a creature like that alive, like, wandering around North America. You know. I'd say this will be bigger than anything you've seen in North America. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Okay. I'd say... The biggest one you'd have seen wandering around North America would have been maybe like like three stories. Mm-hmm. Whereas this thing is closer to like 20, okay. 25 stories, maybe more. Okay. It's hard to judge because it's scattered. You could even build like some kind of settlement on its back if it were that big. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but like the physics why would, would really work. Yeah, why would mm. you do that? 
especially if it died, then everything will fall off. Yeah. It's a very short-sighted way of living. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, like I'd say it is it is big enough to be a curiosity to you. You are yep. aware of megafauna. Yep. I don't think you would have encountered uber fauna before. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. So and they're, they're more like scientifically impressed rather than existential crisis. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. It's more like, what an interesting growth problem this specific species must have <laughs> yeah. had. Yeah, like, oh, the physics of how they kept their weight together. That must have been difficult, rather than, I did not know such a thing could be. What does that mean of life? Who am I in context? Yeah, different. Earhart takes it in stride, Mm. and she's like, yeah, I was expecting some kind of nonsense. (laughs) At least it's dead nonsense. Wild actually pokes his head up on deck. He stays very much at the bow, looks to Hamid, and gives a gesture that I'm going to have to describe, but I'll do on video for everyone else, which is... Basically gesturing with a thumb going, mm, that. Get a load of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's big, isn't it? <laughs> the biggest you've ever seen, Oscar. <laughs> oh, I don't, don't know about that. I mean, a lot of it's about the ratio, you know? <laughs> uh, I can only imagine, I'm afraid, Oscar. <laughs> anyway... As you all start to skirt around it, you are all noticing that the lights on the horizon are moving nearer. They are not moving, to be clear. You are moving towards them. That's a better way of putting it. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) And they are are wreathing the mountain range that you are approaching. Your elevation is fine. However, it's, it's probably likely that you're going to end up having to go above cloud for a while. But as you start approaching the mountains you notice there is a similar shape even further on, a little bit close to the mountains on the horizon. As the ship continues, you see it's another enormous skeletal corpse of something similar. Oh, dear. It is significantly older, and then you start to take shape of the mountain range ahead. Right, we're in sort of an elephant's graveyard of... Corpses as far as the eye can Mm. see. Yeah. But nothing alive... I'm so glad that none of them are alive. As you draw near to, yeah, what is effectively an enormous not-elephant graveyard. A behemoth's graveyard. Earhart, rather grimly, starts to increase the elevation and you head up into the cloud cover and everything falls from view. Hamid grabs one of the maps that he has to hand and, based on their position, he writes, Ursa (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good out. I'm going to end on that. I love a good pun-based out. Terrible. You've been talking to Wild too much. (laughs) I mean, it was either that or just, here be bears. (laughs) (laughs) There's bear corpses. Um, Well, I I gave you some time without horror. You did. I want that on the record now that people will start dropping one by one like flies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You just you got to get those emotional connections so that every loss feels yes. poignant oh, yes, in its absolutely. own way. It has been tricky getting you to the most deadly part of the world and filling it with NPCs that you care about, but I like to think I've managed it. Yeah. So we'll see you all next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. 
To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord, or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, you were like, look how fast I can do it. Except you can't, yeah. you loser. How is it weird, Alex? Is it shaped like the words do not go here? Or, I... If you squint, yes. <laughs> no, canon. If you squint, it kind of looks like that, I guess. In Japanese. What a weird detail to sort yes. of just... If you're going to throw me weird details, I'll be like, you know what? I, I can run with that, yeah, at first glance. For somebody who cares so much about the realism and, like, cohesion of your world, and you're just like, yeah, f*** it. Yeah. Oh, d- <laughs> god damn it. Hi, everyone. Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Katie McLean, Incorrigible Workshop, Sam Lewick, Delta Psy, Tired Nyad, Yale Zombie, Elizabeth Almasy, Angelica Agbayani, David Niemczyk, Harmony Kaufman, Lane Woodward, Jack, N, Raleigh, Michelle Scarcella, Conanro, Diego Henriquez, Erica, Julie Fricker, App the Magician, Zacharias Buchanan, Catherine Sullivan, Lijum, Jordan Patton, Sophia Stasevic, Dominic Moffchedoitis, Liz McCander, Juliana Schertzer, Jejoita, 104 Tarsiers, Jara257, Kendall, Kiwi Sheep, Renata, Devin Taylor, Emily Tucker, I Should Be Asleep, Melikin, Kaylee Bales, Vincent and Amelia, Emma Baker, Emily, Here's How Web Martin Can Still Win, The Fool, Liv Stormborn, Nicole, Just Kidding, Marika Rainey, Emily Diaz, Ava Willard, Annabelle Latt. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, Go to www.patreon.com forward slash rustyquill and take a look at our rewards. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello all. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The Program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.